Hello, everyone. This is Dan Hausman. I'm here again with the Novel Cohorts podcast with uh, Mitchell Goldberg. And, and we talked recently with him and about the NTT data work we're doing together with Graticule with radiology data coming from the VNA and beyond. Um, we are also today talking with Rob Hauser. Um, and Mitchell and Rob can, can help introduce sort of the work they're doing together uh, between NTT data and Videns. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, Rob, uh, uh, Rob Hauser and uh, Videns and NTT Data, very excited to have this partnership in place. We've been working together for the past year on processes, tools, and projects around um, cancer oncological data. Um, we've developed a platform that integrates uh, the Videns data with third-party data and medical images, and I'm very excited to uh, have the, both the clinical access and uh, expertise that Videns brings. So, Rob, with that, why don't you tell us a little bit about Videns? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Rob Hauser. I am the Chief Business Development and Analytics Officer at Videns. Uh, we're excited to be working with NTT Data and Graticule, and this has been a, a great partnership uh, in the ability to add value into our clients, as well as more importantly, uh, impact the way patients are cared for and, and really driving better outcomes in the oncology setting. Vidence is a, a relatively new organization, but uh, built on a foundation of lots of experience in RWE and HEOR and oncology. Uh, the organization uh, grew out of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, an organization that has five hospitals throughout the United States. Um, very innovative cancer care uh, going back over 30 years, being very patient-centric, which has allowed for the capture of a lot of very good, robust, uh, structured, patient-centric data, uh, including everything from patient-reported outcomes to all of their lines of therapy, uh, as well as genomic information. And, and Mitch, as you mentioned, uh, the, the images. And being able to really tie all of that information together gives us a very deep, robust data set. Uh, to do lots of different uh, things with. So, so Mitchell, I'm, I'm sure people are wondering how, how can we figure out feasibility for these kinds of projects? What's possible, what's not? Well, I think that this team represents um, a, a great opportunity for our audience because we have a data cooperative. We have integrated our services uh, together so that um, coming up with challenging questions and understanding what type of data is available. More importantly, what insights um, can be derived in a simple feasibility study uh, is uh, relatively uh, short-term response rather than having to recruit all of the sites and clean up all of the data. Our tools and processes allow us to um, provide summaries uh, in a re relatively short time, and that can lead to um, further questions for us to answer, as well as um, full-blown um, synthetic studies. And so let's maybe discuss some of the applications of the data. Um, I think we'll start with looking at what we can do with 
um, regulatory filings, because we've seen at Graticula an increasing interest in being able to both do label expansion studies and synthetic control arms in oncology. Um, maybe we just discuss, you know, what are some of the areas that, that you think are interesting there, Rob? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of interesting opportunity with uh, with using real world evidence for label expansion and synthetic control arms. Uh, the there are obviously challenges around it. It's a little bit uh, new um, in terms of what the FDA is looking for and and how that uh, opportunity continues to grow. Um, I think there are a lot of very good, robust data sets out there. Um, that need to go through sort of the regulatory paces to make sure that uh, the, the data that are being utilized are, are the right data to, to drive those and protect patients and get the outcomes that we're looking for. So, so Rob, I'm not sure everyone's familiar with what a synthetic control arm is, so maybe you could provide a little more background on it. Yeah, be sure, happy, happy to. Um, so, you know, the, again, the ability to speed up the knowledge and learning uh, is really something that data has the ability to do. Uh, historically, clinical trials in oncology take a very long time to accrue to. Um, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of two to four percent, depending on which literature you read, uh, the number of patients that participate in oncology clinical trials is only, like I said, about two to 4%. So the ability to, to utilize synthetic control arms uh, as the comparison group to uh, a new therapy is really important because it means that we have the ability to utilize uh, years worth of knowledge of the standard of care um, that's been out there in these particular patient populations and accrue thousands of those patients into a data set that can be then compared to the treatment arm and the treatment arm being the new drug. Um, and it allows for a significant savings on the clinical trial side. Plus it means that we don't have to uh, recruit a bunch of patients into a standard of care, um, which allows again, more patients to get access to novel and uh, hopefully uh, more effective drugs going forward. Thanks. I guess some of the things that I get excited about um, with the Biden's data is that you know, from a regulatory standpoint, they're trying to match the level of depth that they have in a clinical trial. It's, it's always hard to do that with real world data, but when we look at sources that come from an aggregator that may have just access to the EMR, but not strong access back into the system, it seems insufficient in terms of the data we can pull out. So if they want to confirm you know, tumor progression, they want to go all the way back to the radiology study and the radiology reports to get resist scores and, and information that just isn't available with these other aggregate sources. So I feel like without a solution like Viden's uh, combined with what NTT data can do, um, we just can't do what the FDA wants, right? I would agree. It's definitely challenging. If you don't have um, either highly curated, um, be beginning with highly curated data with the ability to go back uh, into historic documents, uh, and it could be everything from 
PDF files from you know previous uh, providers of care to be able to get to those sources and get to those images. Um, yeah, it does. It creates it creates a very big gap um, and, and a challenge. And at Vidance, we have that information. We have the technology to be able to to pull the, those uh, key data elements out in structure, um, as well as using human abstractors to fill in those gaps where those gaps exist as well. Um, and then enriching it uh, with, the, with the image data to be able to go back and, and actually look at changes through the images um, to get at the resist and things along those lines. Yeah, it, it, is, a, it is a challenge and while the data set may not be, uh, you know, in the millions. It's it's the ability to have that rich, robust data to to do the comparison to to those in clinical trials. And I guess you know, maybe Mitch, you can talk a little bit about advocate AI, um, but certainly having these frameworks for doing annotation and extraction, um, where we can combine information not just from Vidance but from other sources. And you know, that seems to be a pretty big piece of this too, because we're not going to see ready-bake RWE data for regulatory purposes. So maybe I know Mitchell. Most people don't even know what Advocate AI is doing and what kind of tools your team's added to to look at improving the data. Yeah. Well, th that's true, and I think there's always a lot of hidden information in the descriptive. Uh, areas of impressions and diagnostic reports and pathology reports uh, where we're able to go in and using NLP uh, extract that unstructured information uh, into something that's quantifiable and uh, highlight the um, changes in uh, geometry, density, uh, or uh, other characteristic texture uh, in the images, especially when you're dealing with oncology, to understand the impact of the um, clinical treatment. So uh, it, it is a, definitely an area that uh, what Advocate AI does is expand um, the data dictionary to help with some of this um, synthetic and real-world data. And, and, and maybe we'll also talk that, that we've gotten multiple requests on our side at Graticule. I'm sure you've, you've seen them as well from AI diagnostic companies. I, mean, I call them um, AI companies, but, but really they want to make a medical exam or test or faster tools for supporting decision support in oncology care. Um, maybe we talk a little bit about those applications and how uh, Vidans can help support them. So, uh, you know, Rob, have you, have you seen some of this request to translate in AI into helping cancer patients? And, and what does Vidans think about it, given the close connectivity to the health system itself? Yeah, so um, we have, and we, we have been doing some of that work uh, specifically in prostate cancer during COVID. We created some AI and ML algorithms utilizing that rich data to identify uh, patients who may be at risk for not coming back for their next round of chemotherapy because of um, their fear of, of the, the virus and others um, and allowing them to then be identified to go through telehealth process. Uh, it was a really successful project using that AI and ML. And we're seeing more and more of those requests coming in. And again, it goes back to, at least in my mind, the difference between big data and high quality data. 
Um, I, I have a personal belief that you, if you run AI and ML on very large holy data that looks like Swiss cheese, you're, you're going to get very poor algorithms that could potentially cause harm. Whereas if you're running AI and ML on high quality data that's been highly curated and um, is, is complete, while it might not have the huge numbers, but the completeness of the data approaches 100% and is accurate, you're going to get much better algorithms and machine learning, which can then be applied to larger populations. So we are seeing more of those requests, Dan, because of the, the high quality uh, and completeness of the data sets. And, 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 Dan, and just to echo that, we, you know, as our uh, data cooperative grows with for Advocate AI, um, our data set is expanding, but the requests we're getting uh, with Graticule, um and from AI vendors is for uh, deeper per patient rather than broader per patient, uh, broader patient populations, because they want to take into account more factors when coming up with predictive algorithms. Um, so I echo what Rob, uh, what Rob said. Um, there's certainly uh, a lot of discussion about big data and uh, the representation that big uh, of patient populations uh, to prevent biases. Um, but as we have a larger and larger data cooperative, inclusive of the Vidin's um, family of, of sites that they're building, uh, I think we will um, begin to see the value of uh, high quality annotations, uh, extractions of descriptive terms, as well as the completeness from a lung screening test through the end of the treatment, showing the depth of what we can provide um, to our customers. And I'm really hopeful that these new diagnostic solutions will work because what you know we've seen is with all of the investment in oncology, oncology is I think 50% of all real world data, but it's a huge space in the life sciences world. Um, you know, we still don't know whether immuno-oncology treatment will work for a patient or not. So we're using some markers like PDL1 to determine if IO therapies will work. And that's just one of many um, novel approaches to treating cancer. And we don't have good predictions and you don't have an infinite amount of time to find the right treatment. And so if we can go dive deep into, you know, pathology images, radiology images, tumor genetics, which are still pretty hard to do. I would say this is unfortunately bleeding edge, not the normal process by which we evaluate whether we can predict response to treatment. You know, we'll be serving patients so much better. Um, and so at least I look at this group as, you know, one piece in hopefully a machine that can, can generate better outcomes for people using these diagnostics. And, and it should benefit both the diagnostic company, you know, the patient most, you know, first and foremost, the pharma companies that have the treatments, as well as the groups that are treating them being able to be better able to, to satisfy the need that they're in their mission. Um, so it's great that you have so much breadth of data at Videns. And I look forward to you guys, you know, growing it however you do, uh, on both sides from, from entity data and Videns, because it, it, it's really important um, in the end to the patients. And, and to that end, yeah, you know, Dan, you, bring, you bring up, go ahead, Rob, sorry. 
Yeah, it's okay. Dan, I was going to, I was just going to echo that. It's a, it's a really good and, and very, very important point, right? For, for these populations, you know, the earlier, the earlier we can diagnose, the better, right? We know that patients that are diagnosed in earlier stages do well. If we can predict better based on genomics and, and other, you know, markers that we find through AI and ML, that a patient's going to respond to a certain therapy better than another, we can avoid giving products that may not work as well and may cause toxicity. And in the end, that, you know, is incredibly powerful, not only for the patient, but for, for the healthcare system in general, the, the savings that can be uh, seen across the, the spectrum is, is huge. And like you said, most importantly, the, the better outcome for the patient. So I, I wanted to close with, you know, to some degree, and I know we've talked a bit about it, you know, do you have a long-term vision, Rob, for, for where Vidance is going and how it can really help, you know, beyond what you've already done, what's left to do, um, and, and what we need people listening to, to have visionary projects to drive? Yeah, so... Like I said, I've been I've been in this uh, in this oncology and data space for 25 plus years. I I wish I saw a uh, an end tomorrow. I wish we could use data to to cure to cure cancer. But I think many of us know that 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 is is not necessarily uh, going to happen. Uh, like I said, tomorrow. So where where do we go? Um, I think it's continuing to break down silos. It's continuing to bring. Uh, data of high quality and quantity together to be able to um, get to our insights faster. Um, and that's what it really boils down to is having a big enough, robust enough, high quality enough data set um, to be generalizable across the oncology population so we can get to better outcomes for those patients as quickly as possible. Um, that's our goal. That's been my personal goal for, for 25 plus years. Um, and I think, we're, I think we're on the cusp of really seeing data being able to do that. Um, and, and maybe not relying so much on clinical trials uh, that, that take 10 plus years and then take another five years to get to the bedside. Um, if we can cut that in half, think about what we've done for society just by using data. And I, and I, and I really believe we can get there. Well, thanks, Rob. Um, thanks, Mitchell. I think you know, we're, we're reaching out to the, the, the world, you know, the pharma world that has oncology drugs, other health systems that want to participate in these kinds of projects, uh, groups in these diagnostic companies or even within pharma companies that want companion diagnostics. Um, I think the, the best call to action for folks listening is to, to reach back out to us, to, to give us an idea of what kind of problems we're trying to solve so that we can come back and propose what's possible with, you know, Vidance and, and, and the whole team support. Um, if you want to access us, you can go send an email to advocateai at ntdata.com. You can go to the Graticule website and fill out the response forms. Um, you're welcome to email me, dhusman at graticule.life, um, or, or talk to Rob or Mitchell. I'm sure you can find them through LinkedIn and, and other means. But we're, we're really looking forward to hearing 
from groups that that have problems that that may be considered hard to impossible and and hopefully they're on the possible side you know in the near term future and we can you know quickly get to motion to helping to to bring the data towards the groups that have the best need for it um so Thanks for your time today, Rob and, and, and Mitchell. And uh, we're really looking forward to having group conversations with anyone out there listening so we can you know, tackle some big problems in oncology. Thanks, Dan. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. All right. Catch you soon.